Um, I'm Tim, by the way, if you don't know. Uh, spoke on marriage. Um, we were, we've been married for 27 years, and uh, in that time we've also had some children. And the next section on Ephesians is uh, about children and uh, parenting. So uh, Jamie thought it would be good if we uh, spoke on that. Just to, to say, if, you, if you're not aware, we have three children. Um, Tom, uh, who's 24. Uh, <laughs> uh, who's just over there? Uh, Esther is 22, who uh, is in Swansea at the moment. We're gonna, she's coming home shortly. She's at the university there. And uh, Bex, who's 20, who's just over there too. Uh, okay, so um, there are our children. Uh, I, I, I know when I mentioned those ages. Uh, Oh, no, I did that last week. I know, I know what you're thinking. But anyway, um, yeah, we, we do. Look, yeah. um, but uh, but but we've uh, uh, we've got those these three children. Um, just want to say one thing about it. From uh, Psalm 127 says, "Children are a heritage from the Lord; offspring a reward from Him." Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. And we've certainly found that to be true. Uh, we've loved having children. We've loved the, 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 the whole process of, of parenting. Uh, it's not that it hasn't had its challenges and uh, difficulties along the way, um, but it's just been a great privilege. And that, that verse is certainly true for us. And I hope for anybody who has children, that is true for you too. Um, that in the midst of some of the, the, the difficulties and struggles, you recognise what a blessing and uh, uh, a good thing they are. They are uh, good things from God. I also want to say there are many here that, that aren't actually uh, parents, that don't have children. Um, and Jamie mentioned this earlier on. It, it, the, a lot of what we say today will apply to you because all of us at some point are called to be uh, spiritual mums and dads. Um, I know the people who work in Cool Kids, uh, a lot of our young people do that, are spiritual mums and dads to those kids. Um, and anybody here who uh, wants to encourage and help others uh, will be a spiritual mum and dad to them. And so some of the things that we are going to say today, hopefully uh, you'll be able to apply to what you do, even if you haven't got children of your own. Um, yeah, I think that's probably all I want to say. We're going we're gonna to be talking about the passages, uh, and we're going to be given, like we did last week, some illustrations from uh, what we found helpful. Uh, we're not perfect parents. You can ask our children about that. Um, they're also not perfect children. They're pretty good, but they're not perfect. Uh, and God is gracious to us as we seek to do this. Um, so what we share with you will be the way that we found helpful. There is no one way of bringing up children. Um, we can only give you uh, tips that, that we found helpful. Uh, you can use them or not, and it will depend on your situation, on what you're like and what your child's like. Uh, and so we, we never want to say, well, this is, this is the way you do it, because that, that's not, not appropriate. However, there are some very important uh, principles that the Bible lays down, and this is also what we're going to talk about uh, in parenting. So I'm going to finish there, and I'll pop hand over to Pete. Okay, so we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. So I'll read those first. 
Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life in the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So I'm going to look at verses 1 to 3 first of all. So the promise that's mentioned is in Deuteronomy 5.16. It's a commandment with a promise, and that promise is from God, so that's a pretty big deal. It means that if we follow this commandment from God, it's guaranteed. First of all, to go well with you, and second of all, to enjoy long life. And I'll go through that in a few minutes. At the moment, we're enjoying as a family a CD by Bethel called We Shall Not Be Shaken, if you know it. And there's a track I like called Ever Be. There's a line in it that goes, Your love is devoted, like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested, like a covenant of old. And my favourite bit is a vow that is tested. Because I think, you know, you can make promises, but it's not until it's tested or it's supposed that you really know if you meant it or not. And I was thinking about that with regards to obeying our parents. It's all well and good when we respect them, we get on well, and what they're asking us to do we agree with. But it's quite a different matter when we don't want to do what they say. Maybe they're not worthy of our respect at that moment, or we feel they're being unreasonable. At this time, we're still called to respect our parents, and it's good to remember that we have a God who understands. Jesus came to the earth as a baby, and yet he was God, and he submitted himself to earthly parents who would have been less than perfect as they were human. So also, there's a promise in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So God's with us when it's tough to do the right thing, and sometimes it's tough to respect parents. I'm not saying that glibly. I was in this situation as a teenager, and sometimes still am now. Um, My mum's alcoholism made it difficult sometimes to respect her, and at times made me really unhappy. I became a Christian at 18, and so before that, dealt with it without God. I tried to keep the relationship reasonable by trying to get things into perspective, by understanding not everything she did was wrong. Actually, she did make some good decisions that were worth me following, and to know that she did love me and have good qualities. And that did help the relationship up to a certain point. But actually, as a Christian, the key really is forgiveness in being able to respect and properly love people, maybe who don't make right decisions. When you forgive people, it helps you to let go of pain. And perhaps where there's injustice, it's just so good to know that you've got God on your side. Because it's actually he who is your parent, the main parent, and it's him who brings everything together for your good. When you know that, then you can be really free. And then that gives you the freedom to respect your parents because it's not them who hold the ultimate authority is God and he's planning your future and he has glorious plans for you that's a promise in the Bible so actually it's all good 
Looking at those promises that are in verse 3, I'm going to take the second one first. It says about enjoying long life. Actually, um, commentators say that that promise uh, is a promise for the community as a whole. A promise that when children obey parents, the whole community benefits. It benefits by having more respectful, stable, long-lasting relationships that lead to success in every part of life, whether we're talking about school or work or marriage. It leads to emotional health, which we know actually has a big impact on physical health. So that's how it can, you can enjoy long life. With regards to the first promise, that things will go well with us, parents are the first significant relationship we have. So when we get that right with our parents, it can be a blueprint for every other relationship we have. Actually, Tim's family is a really good example of this. By God's grace, they're all Christians. Tim's dad was one of ten children. Um, and so amongst them, we think there's about 40 of Tim's cousins. I think we've lost track, it's roughly 40. They all get on really well. And actually, out of those approximately 40 cousins, only one is divorced. So my family, who are lovely and have lots of really good qualities, aren't Christians, however. And out of our family, which is quite big, um, ours, Tim and my marriage, is the only one that is still happening. Everybody else has divorced, and that includes my parents and my grandparents. And that causes a lot of heartache and unhappiness and damaged relationships, not just between the mum and dad or the mum and dad and the children, but it actually affects the whole family. Thinking back to the point about respecting your parents when it's difficult and linking this with the promise uh, that things will go well with us, I think actually we've seen this in our family. For each of our children, I can remember occasions when they followed our advice um, when they wanted to do something else. If we think about toddlers, I can think of times when maybe um, they didn't want to hold our hand when we crossed the road. So we would just pick them up and carry them across the road to make sure they were safe. And maybe if they didn't want to get in their buggy, then you'd just push them in, wouldn't you, and strap them in. But um, it's more difficult to do that equivalent with teenagers. So actually, you can't make your children do the right thing. As soon as they get big and often bigger than you, you can't force them to do things. They have a choice. And actually, as I say, I can think of, of times when our children followed our advice rather than our own. And a couple of interesting things happened as a result of that. When they chose our advice rather than the thing they wanted to do, things actually did go well for them because we were usually right. <laughs> and I think their respect for us grew because it turned out we did actually know what we were talking about and we were worth listening to. But actually, another thing which I don't know if they realised was that our respect and our admiration for them grew because actually we witnessed them suppressing their own desires and actually listening to us and following our advice. So it actually greatly enriched the relationship on both sides and so things did go well with our family. So we're going to come on to uh, verse 4, which is Fathers, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, <laughs> good. Uh, now, I just want to uh, just talk a little bit about what uh, what that means. Firstly, it, it, it's addressing fathers, and I don't mean that. I, I don't think uh, 
Paul here is saying, therefore mothers don't have a role. Uh, but it's quite the opposite. I think, I think it's understood that mothers uh, have a big role in bringing out children. And unfortunately today in our society, uh, the role of the mother is seen as probably far more important than the role of the father. And uh, quite often um, you might hear the fact that, well, probably men aren't really that useful, aren't that important, and, and you can bring up a, uh, a family without them. Now that is true, uh, by God's grace you can, but actually that's not God's pattern. God pattern right from uh, creation was for uh, a man and a woman to be together to bring yeah. up children. And, uh, and so <clears throat> Paul is addressing here the fact that actually fathers have a, rather than to say uh, you know, that they're not very important, he's actually saying they're really important. They have a, a very important role in bringing up children. But um, we can do it badly. We can exasperate. We can anger our children in the way we do it. And so he's just saying, try not to do that. And I think uh, our children will tell you that the exasperation probably primarily comes from dad rather than mum, just in the way we, we are. But there we go. Um, but uh, the way, the, the, what, what, what Paul is getting at here is, is that, that we, we need to be those that, that are uh, instructing and helping without um, exasperating, by putting things on the children that are too much for them. Exasperation can happen in two ways. It can be over-disciplining, being far too strict in the way we uh, act towards them, um, or it can be under-disciplining, uh, where we, have, we don't have clear boundaries, we don't have clear rules, and the children uh, don't, are unclear where, where they need to be, uh, and that can exasperate children. Um, and so what, we, what, we've, what we're going to talk about a bit later is how we have tried to get the balance between uh, uh, giving good boundaries without exasperating. Um, now, the other thing about bringing them up in the instruction of the Lord, you could argue, and I know in my uh, past, and as a, uh, a couple in, in my previous church tried to do this by um, having quite strict times where they were taught at home from the Bible. Um, and uh, you might think, well, maybe the father's role is to, to get the child home or the children, uh, and uh, at six o'clock you actually give them a, a lecture on the Bible. Um, that, I would argue, is not the way to do it. Um, in fact, I think that is probably going to exasperate children rather than train them. Um, the best trainers, as we know, are not the ones that just tell you uh, what to do, but the ones that show you what to do. And for, for me, or, uh, the, I think the best way of uh, training is by example. That was certainly my uh, experience growing up, watching my parents. Um, are we, uh, we, we had very little at home of instruction from the Bible directly. Uh, we had a practice uh, that at uh, uh, meal times, uh, the evening meal, uh, we would read from the Bible. It was a short passage. It wasn't expounded unless we asked questions. Um, and so we just we just learned from the Bible. It wasn't prolonged. Uh, we weren't checked up on that we were having quiet times. And discussion at home was ordinary. And for me, that was so important because what I saw wasn't, I didn't learn from what my parents said, so much as what they did, how they lived their life. 
And I saw in them a consistency and a, a genuineness about their faith in Jesus that I wanted to follow. And it was that, far more than what they said, that made me uh, wanting to follow their way and what they did. And how they lived their marriage out and how they, uh, how they were attitude to other people, attitude to their job, attitude to everything. I learned from them. And it's not that they spoke particularly about it. And so, for me, and for us, when we were uh, looking to be parents, is that we knew the most important thing we can do is live by example. And uh, we did that in the way our attitude to every aspect of our life, my attitude towards my wife, and her attitude towards me, attitude towards church, uh, to, uh, to work. All those attitudes are going to be picked up by our children. They're going to see that far more than what we actually say. And, uh, and so we, we made it our aim to show the importance of our faith. Uh, we always uh, went to church on every, every Sunday, unless there was a really good reason why not to, because it was important to us. Because this, we, we were t- showing our kids, this is important. This is, this is the most important thing we do. We want to be with God's people. We want to hear uh, from God. We want to be in the presence of God. And so we, our example was we always did that. Just talking about other things about training. Now, training, uh, another way of uh, uh, tra- training is to be disciplined. Uh, we, uh, we train uh, to be disciplined and we discipline to train them. Okay, so I want to look at both of those aspects. And uh, again, this comes into what we were saying. We, we want our children to grow up being disciplined in the way uh, they live their life. Which does mean that we encourage them to do stuff that at times they didn't want to do. For instance, we, we encourage each of them to learn a musical instrument. Um, and uh, we, they did that for a number of uh, years. Uh, one of them in particular, uh, that took off and we're so glad that we started that. Um, the other two uh, did well, actually. They did well, but it wasn't going to be something in the end they were... going to do a lot more for for their life. We we accepted that, and at some point it was right for for them to stop. Um, But we asked them to persevere in that, uh, and to do it for a number of years before they they finally said, OK, this this is the time to give up. We thought that gave them a really good uh, grounding. It's it's something we we wanted them to do, because it it gave them the option later on in life whether they really wanted to pursue something like that. That's just one example. Um, of how we encourage them. Even when at times they came out and really didn't want to do anything, we encourage them to practice and to, to set out. Um, each of our children got involved in the youth group here, and, uh, and obviously Sundays, and, uh, and then later on uh, running, helping to run Cool Kids. We taught them that actually they always went to those things. They always went to Cool Kids, they always went to youth, and they always came on a Sunday. Uh, because they had committed something to it, and even when they weren't feeling like it and when they were feeling a bit, you know, we, we encourage them to press through. We encourage them to be disciplined. That actually sets them up really well for life, we believe. Because actually, if you have a job and you think, oh, no, I can't bother to go in today, uh, you won't have a job for very long. Uh, you need to press in. Uh, and, uh, and when you meet a difficulty, to know that you can press through and overcome yeah. is huge. Amen. It's huge. 
when we uh, overprotect our children and they find a difficulty and we say, oh, it's all right, it's all right, I'll, I'll stop that, I'll stop that. Mm. We don't teach them to press through. And uh, just one example of that. Um, uh, we always try not to give away which child it is, so, uh, uh, just because we don't want to embarrass them. One of our children um, suffered a little bit of bullying and uh, was pushed off a bus on, on the way home. And the, the, the obvious thing was, okay, we'll take them to school now. Okay, because that's not nice for them. But actually what we felt was, um, no, no, they need to get back on the bus. They need to press through. We prayed about it. We encouraged them that God was with them. And then they got back on the bus. And the good thing about that is that they understood that that it was okay. That they they actually didn't have to fear. uh, That God was with them. And uh, and, uh, the the verse that comes to mind is Romans 5, uh, 3 and 4. Should have that there. Do you have that? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I need to. But it's about um, suffering uh, produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character hope. And hope doesn't disappoint us. And um, and what that taught them is that actually, as they press through, they overcome, and that gives them hope for the future. So that when they face another test. Actually, last time, I pressed through and I overcame. I, this one, I can do the same. And it teaches them, it gives them character and teaches them to overcome. And even though our natural instinct is to protect and say, no, 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 I don't want you to do this. And we did this a number of times where, now there are times when we need to intervene. And there are times when we need to do, but actually we need a bit of wisdom. And say, actually, no, I think it's good for you to press through on this. Uh, because that's going to build your character. I've said, I've said a bit too much here, but uh, just very briefly, I want to talk about disciplining children. Um, uh, something we did. Uh, discipline should always be um, in love. Uh, it should never be in anger. It is important for children to be disciplined. We do it because we love them, uh, not because uh, it shouldn't be because they're just irritating us. Okay, it's that. Uh, uh, it's very easy to do. We've done it simply through irritation. But actually, the whole purpose of discipline is to help them. Um, the important thing that we, we, we had with, our, with, the, with the things we disciplined about was the, the, is consistency. Try and have rules that you that clear, are very clear and that when they step over them, they know what's going to happen. Uh, one, one of our children, this is probably less difficult for you to uh, imagine, one of our children uh, was particularly good at using humour to try and get round uh, the situation. And uh, they, uh, when, when something had gone wrong, used to try and make us laugh so that, so that we might forget what he just, he, she, had just done. <laughs> I knew this wouldn't work. <laughs> He still don't know. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Anyway, um, the point was, and it was, it was hard, but the important thing is that we tried not to let that influence what we did. Uh, so that the children know exactly what, what the, what's going to happen. If they do this, this is the result. And it's every time. It's not how how happy mummy or daddy are feeling or how sad they are or whatever. It's just consistent. Now that is difficult and that takes time and practice 
and uh, something that we didn't always get right. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but children need to know that if they step, do this, there's going to be a sanction, and that it happens every time. And they learn from that. It's very simple. Um, and uh, and those, each person, each family sets their own rules. Uh, what's what, except in one family, isn't in another. One little tip, though, is make sure that um, it is translatable. We had a, a friend of ours who, what, uh, whose children were allowed to bounce on their sofas at home. They, they were quite happy about it. The problem with that is that when they went to somebody else's house and started doing it, uh, that wasn't so acceptable. And so the children here were given mixed messages. You can bounce on sofas, uh, but only certain sofas. And, and that is confusing for them. And to be honest, it's better not to have that rule. Uh, you can't have a, really, it's best not to have a rule that works in the house but doesn't work outside. Um, so again, just think those ones through. Each child is different, um, but we must apply the rules consistently across the board. Um, one thing about discipline, uh, which I know might be a little bit controversial, we did, uh, on the occasion, we did uh, smack our children. We did use that as one of uh, a number of different um, disciplines. Um, we found it helpful. It wasn't, um, it was used sparingly. Uh, it was, we always tried to do it uh, with uh, a warning and we never did it in front of uh, anybody or in, the, in front of the children if we could possibly help. We took them away, we explained what was happening, and then we, uh, then we, we administered it. So we didn't do it in anger. Administer it. Well, you know, you get the idea. Okay. Um, we, we found that uh, uh, at times quite effective. It, it, uh, it didn't always uh, work, and we, that's not, if it's the only thing you use, it's not, it's not effective. Um, it can be, it can, we found it could be effective in certain circumstances. Um, uh, and, and that actually does depend on the child sometimes. Um, you sometimes have to learn different. Uh, other, uh, some of our children found uh, being put in their bedroom for a bit far more uh, challenging than even a smack. So actually sometimes that was a better option. Uh, one thing we always tried not to do is discipline and anger, whether, whether that's what you say or, or, or how. And that's really, really important because um, that is hard because children do, can easily wind you up at times. Uh, and uh, and to, to, uh, to react in anger... Uh, can is, is particularly some of the things we say is can be really quite damaging. So we need to we need God's help in that. We did um, because children t- tend to know how to push our buttons at times and to, to get us a reaction out of us. And uh, and actually that's that can be really unhelpful. But we need we need uh, just to help uh, our children. Um, one thing to say is that we always resolved it. We always got them if, if appropriate to say sorry. Um, and we ended the, the discipline with a cuddle. Uh, so that they knew that they were still loved. Um, and importantly, when we'd done it wrong, and we had reacted in anger, we apologised as well. We said, actually, we got that wrong. And so they knew that we all make mistakes in life. So they, some of them could be quite you know, hard on themselves. They could feel really bad. Oh, I'm a terrible person. But they, they knew, actually, mummy and daddy make mistakes as well. 
Oh, so they didn't. Uh, t- so they didn't feel so bad about themselves. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Okay, so I'm going to look at building children up in the instruction of the Lord. So children build on the foundation that we lay. They reflect our beliefs and passions, whether that's loving God and his people, or Crystal Palace and spicy food. (laughs) And the converse is also true. If we lack enthusiasm or desire in any area, they will pick it up. Our children lack enthusiasm for tidying, and some, (laughs) some dislike mornings. I'm not saying where they're getting that from, though. (laughs) With regards to actually um, instructing them in the Lord, some families do have quiet times and times of worship and Bible study. Tim said about how he did a little bit of that when he was growing up. I didn't as my family were non-Christian. We did want our family to read the Bible, to pray, to worship. But we wanted to do it in a way that wasn't regimented. We wanted to do it in a way that was natural, but kind of fitted in with the family routine and habits. We did read Bible stories, but we did them as part of the bedtime routine. So, uh, you know, we would read um, and pray every night. And actually, through the day, as often as family needs arose, whether they're immediate family, extended family, or people we knew in the church who were going through difficulties, and we'd pray. And we also said grace at family meal times uh, When we were all together, so that was mainly the evenings. So bedtime's actually really important in building up children in the Lord. We put each child to bed individually, so they had one-to-one time. And it's then that we would read the Bible, but then we would also read um, non-Christian books as well. We really like and would recommend the Narnia books uh, by C.S. Lewis. The most famous that you might have heard of is The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, but actually there's a whole series of them. Uh, we have them on audio CD, and actually, they work really well from young children right through to adults. We still listen to one of our favourites called The Horse and His Boy when we go on holiday. The Narnia books are, have got a lot of analogies about Jesus, so they lend themselves really easily to talking about God. But actually, we also really enjoyed all books, non-Christian ones as well. Um, and they've often got Christian themes, where heroes overcome evil or sacrifice themselves to win, and they make really good conversation. You don't want to shoehorn it in, you know, this is the time when we talk about God, because that would get really boring. Um, but it, you know, you just chat. When you talk about who the hero is, why, why the characters <laughs> behaved like they did, what would we do, you can just drop in God's perspective on all those conversations without making it really heavy. Actually, we read with our children into secondary school, um, and we prayed with them as well. I can't remember, maybe up to 13 or 14, but we did that because they enjoyed it. Maybe not every night, but I think they just really enjoyed relaxing and that intimate time one-to-one with us. And actually, it's often at bedtimes that anxieties come out. We talk about the day, talk about friendships that have gone well, subjects that are hard, and just, I don't know, secondary school is really hard. And so we would chat about it and pray about it. When the kids were little, we also used to sing worship songs. And one child in particular, not naming names, I can definitely remember, we must have sang one particular chorus every night for about a year. Um, Difficult to maintain enthusiasm under those circumstances. (laughs) But they did enjoy uh, singing. As they got older, I think as Tim's mentioned, we didn't monitor if they prayed or read their Bibles by themselves. We left them to do it without checking up on them. We did this because we didn't want to cause resentment 
between us and them and actually between them and God as if there's like a police state going on. We also didn't nag them because I don't think nagging turns people's heart towards God. Big thing, which seems small, is actually being thankful. We used to often talk about answers to prayer and we used to regularly say how blessed we were as a family. Things that had happened, maybe dad had a pay rise or something had gone well at school which we'd been praying about. It's really important to be thankful. It's biblical and actually it means that our children bear fruits of joy, which is good for them. Sunday mornings are obviously an opportunity to train children for God. And it's for this reason that we would mainly keep our children next to us during the service. Occasionally they went and sat with friends, but mainly they were with us. When we were little, we used to hold them, um, maybe up to about two or three, as long as we could manage it. And during those times, during worship times, we would sing with them. I can remember Tim and I spinning them round in the fast verses, really lovely, making them laugh and just enjoying worship time. When the girls were older, they used to enjoy dancing with Daddy. Um, Tom didn't really do it, but there's no reason why boys can't dance. And when they were older and they were with us, we used to encourage them to stand and sing for at least a few songs. The worship does go on for a long time, but you know all children can stand and sing for a couple of songs. It's good practice. But they would bring a little bag with a notebook and pencil so they've got something to occupy them during the quieter, more serious parts of worship. And actually, Sundays after church were a big opportunity to talk about God. We'd sit and eat the roast cooked by Dad, and we'd talk about junior church, what they'd learned, the preach as they got older, worship the songs that they enjoyed, and encouraging stories that people had come up to the front to share, answered prayer, or the struggles we knew that people were having and we were praying. We talked about all of that. And the children would chip in their opinion, and we would listen to them and value their opinion. We didn't realise it actually, but one of our children has recently said that the prospect of of missing those conversations made them go to church on days when they'd rather not. Because if they'd have stayed in bed, they'd have missed out on all that conversation because they wouldn't have been able to contribute to it. Mm. Family meals actually are also really important. When there's no TV and no one's texting, no one's playing electronic games, and we're giving the family our full attention. Actually, that is spiritual, talking and learning from each other talking about the day again, about the difficulties and the triumphs, reviewing, reviewing it, sympathising, dropping in God's perspective is all a really spiritual thing to do. And, um, yeah, just really encouraging times that I can remember. Just to round up then, one of the things that is really important um, and far more important than money is time. And one of the things that we as parents face particularly is the pressures on our time, particularly we're working and both parents working. Um, it's a real challenge to be able to have quality time with our children. But in my experience, that was far more important than just spending money on them. And, uh, and so we, as often as we could, built in time, at weekends, in the evenings, as we talked about, to be with them. One of the things that we did, uh, because what we... When, when, when uh, uh, you know, when they had commitments like all the homework at school and when they did uh, cool kids and, and stuff like that, to do something fun with them, something they enjoyed, was really important. So, uh, for us, uh, it was like um, one of the things we did was uh, I went to uh, got season tickets to Crystal Palace and uh, took uh, two of our children along there, 
Um, I understand that, uh, although I don't really understand, that for some people, a uh, season ticket at Crystal Palace isn't necessarily what they would choose to do. Uh, but uh, the issue is, is find out what, what you can enjoy together and make time for it. Uh, it doesn't have to cost a lot. Uh, but doing stuff, we, we, when the children were young, we used to uh, go on the top of a double decker bus. Uh, that's great fun. We went on the Woolwich Ferry, that's free. Um, and just little things that you can enjoy time with them uh, and, and just being with them is so important and that, that carries on into their teenage years we, we spend as much time as we can together uh, obviously it's depending on the children and their friendships and all that but actually uh, don't think oh they've, they've got to 11 now no, we'll just leave them to their own devices <coughs> try and spend as much time as uh, they, you can with your children um, it's hugely important as they are growing up. We asked our children as well um, uh, what, just some, some feedback, what they thought about our, our, our parenting and what they had valued from it. Okay, so this is uh, some of the things that they said. Uh, spending time with parents, comes back on that. Um, doing things that they enjoyed. Individual times with mum and dad. Um, so that's uh, just something that they did f- feel was really important. Um, another one said that they appreciated looking back how the consistency in the rules, uh, that where they knew where they stood and how important they see that. Uh, they mentioned the importance of meal times uh, when we talked to them, how good that was, uh, as Katrina has mentioned, and, and just being together. That we, we sometimes have to fight for that with all that's going on, all the new gadgets that we've got. Um, actually it's really really important that you have at least one meal if you can a day we're all together now I didn't always manage my job I didn't always get home uh, but we always had Sunday lunch uh, we always had one meal on a Saturday we were together uh, and it came to be known as family time where it was nothing else there, no television nothing else and uh, the children have said how important that is another thing um, this whole thing of uh, when it comes to discipline wait till your father gets home uh, is not a good thing. They knew that they were going to meet the same thing with mum or dad. Both were able to discipline and, uh, and, um, and so both were equally bad, if you like, but both equally good. You don't want one parent being the disciplined person because they will then be looked at as the, the baddie. Um, okay, so that's really important that you share it uh, and that you back each other up in the discipline. Um, one of the things, which is an interesting one, we shouldn't realise, uh, again, this is a teenage thing, was how we talked about how to argue. Um, how important is that... Uh, and and uh, we'd, we'd had a few discussions, and, and uh, uh, that's been fed back to us. as a really valuable discussion that we had about when you argue, it's, it's quite okay to argue, because you do disagree sometimes, but you're not personal. Uh, you don't uh, address people's characters when you do so. Um, and uh, you don't use hurtful language or not, don't lose your temper. And, uh, and just talking through things like that was apparently uh, really helpful to them. And uh, the other thing they mentioned, which is something we always did, is never let them go to bed uh, angry without resolving arguments. And uh, we always aim to do that every night. That if there was a problem during the day or in the evening... Uh, that we just didn't leave it to fester overnight. We got it resolved. It might take two or three times, and it might be a bit late, but actually the, the last thing they remember before they go to sleep is a cuddle, rather than 
the mum and dad being angry with them. And I think that's really, really important um, so that they, uh, we put into practice what, uh, what the Bible says about not letting your son go down on your anger. Um, but again, it takes time. It's not, it's not easy at times, but that's a really important thing to do. So, um, just, just, just to finish, we, uh, in the prayer meeting this morning, we, uh, I just felt, uh, just to say uh, about God wanting to, uh, maybe you've been listening to this and thinking, actually, I've not done as good a parenting thing as I would like to, or I haven't been as good a child as I should have been. And, uh, and sometimes that can, that can bring guilt in and uh, regret and so on. And, uh, God spoke this morning and I just wanted to say, actually, that actually, when, when we feel like that, that's not to condemn us. Because uh, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We may have to say sorry. But I believe God wants to say to people that are feeling that, that there is, when we, when we come to him, uh, there is grace for a new day. There is restoration and there is redemption. And, uh, and we go, God wants us to go out not with regret but with hope uh, because he restores the years the locusts have eaten. It's the um, promise in, I can't remember which book, about the fact that God can restore stuff that has been taken even through our own actions. So don't go away with feeling of, of regret and uh, sadness but with hope that God can do new things in the relationship with your children or with your parents. And, uh, and that today is a new day for you uh, to do good things in that area with his grace and his goodness. Uh, there's a wonderful promise in Isaiah uh, 40 verse 11 that says, He gently leads those who have young. Uh, God understands what it's like to have children. He understands the difficulties and the pressures at times. And he has special grace and mercy for them. Okay, I'm going to finish then. I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you for the blessing and the joy of parenthood. I thank you for uh, the, the wonder of uh, children and uh, all that they are to us. Uh, and uh, Father, you intended that for our blessing and good. And I just thank you for it. I thank you. You understood you were a child. You knew what it was to submit to parents. You knew what it was to, uh, to live on this earth. And uh, I thank you that uh, you have great blessing for families and that you love them, it was your idea and God I just pray for each uh, child and parent here God that you would give real hope and grace as they seek to uh, act and behave in accordance with what you'd have them do and to know that Lord you are for them and uh, Lord you have much good for them in the future uh, and that you are going to bless families because that is uh, what you do and Father we want to be a, a, a church where uh, we bless our community because our family life is good. And Lord, we want to follow you and do what you've called us to do so that we can, in turn, bless the community around us. There we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're finished then. We want to uh, pray for uh, any that are sick. We've talked about that today. If you, uh, uh, if you have any illness on you, I don't know if there's any particular word. If someone's got a kidney issue, so a word of knowledge there, if you've got something wrong with your kidneys, we'd uh, love to pray for you. But if there's anything else, uh, right ankle, yeah, if you've got something wrong with your right ankle, we'd love to pray for you. Um, great, uh, but if you, anything else, please, please come and pray. If you want to talk about anything we've said as well, please come and talk.
Okay, see you in